Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right, all right. Well, this morning we are on the tail end finishing up an incredible series as we've been processing through the book of Hebrews. Hebrews has been known as sometimes a difficult book. There's a lot of things that you want, a lot of things to process. But what we've discovered over the last eight weeks is that our walk with Christ has nothing to do with the what of Christianity. What do I mean by that? It has nothing to do with the fact that we say that I'm a Christian. It has nothing to do with the fact that I say that I'm assemblies of God. It has nothing to do with the name on the door of the building, but it has everything to do with who we follow, who we serve, and the calling that he's placed upon our lives. It's not what, but who. Now this morning, we're going to move into chapter 11, and, and oftentimes this chapter is known as the Heroes Hall of Fame. This is a group of people that have, have by faith, have stepped out trusting and believing that God has greater things in store. The author of the book of Hebrews, it's as if he's processed through and he's talked to the, the Christian believers, the Hebrews, and now he talks to us, and he says, Here's the path to a better life. Now, here's what you need to do in order to make all of this work. We've talked a lot about having the head knowledge, but if we don't have the application, all we are is a little bit smarter, right? But what we need to do is take that head knowledge, take the truth that we've learned over the last eight weeks, and now begin to put it into motion, to put it into practice, to begin to move forward, to move from the what of Christianity to the who of Christianity. So today, as we move into chapter 11, I want to talk a little bit about faith. A little bit about faith. I remember as a young adult, we had a guy in our church that used to sing a song. It was very simple. It said this, faith, faith, faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you've got. Anybody in the room, can you, can you relate to that? I don't know how much faith I have, but, but I can use what I've got. The Bible says, you know, with the faith of a grain of mustard seed, we can move mountains. I'm going to challenge you today because truthfully, Every one of us, whether we believe it or not, we allow faith to be a part of our daily life. Did you know that? Every one of us expresses faith in something every single day. When we get up in the morning, we have faith in our alarm clock that it's actually going to go off. Right? We have faith that when we get in the shower that the water heater has done what it needs to do and there's going to be hot water. We have faith that when we get in the car, when we turn that key, that the car is going to fire up and we can get to work. We have faith that the food that we eat, the food that we consume, is going to be nourishing to our body and not kill us. Right? We have faith that the pharmacist gives us the right prescription. We have faith in so many things of life, But the difference between faith that we exercise on a daily basis and our religious faith is the object of that faith. Let me say that again. The difference between the faith in our daily occurrence, the daily routine, and our faith in God, our religious faith, is the object of our faith. Again, 
every single one of us places our faith in something or in someone. The Muslim put their faith in the Quran or they put their faith in Muhammad. The humanist puts their faith in themselves. A follower of religion puts their faith in good works. None of these will save you. Let me say that again. None of those will save you. Because in each case, the object of the faith is wrong. It's, it's misplaced. Here's the truth. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Your faith is only as good as the object in which you place your faith. Let that sink in just for a moment. Your faith is only as good as the object in which you place your faith. I wonder today, who are you putting your trust in? Who, who are you putting your faith in? Who are you relying upon on a regular basis? I'm not talking about just an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. But who are you putting your faith in on, on Monday morning? How, who are you putting your faith in on Friday afternoon? Who are you putting your faith in throughout the duration of the week? Because your faith is only as good as the object in which you put your faith. Look at our text today. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The author says this, and it is impossible. Come on, say impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Come on, would you read that whole sentence with me? And it is impossible to please God without faith. It goes on to say, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, the Bible, and especially the first 10 chapters of the book of Hebrews, insist that we personally put our trust, that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the only way. Come on, let me say that again. That should have got a whole bunch of people saying amen this morning. Jesus is the only way. You're going to have a group of people in society today, and sadly enough, there are even some churches today that are going to say, you know what, as long as you believe in something, you're going to be okay. There's a, a Greek word for that. Are you ready for that? The word is this, hooey. That is a bunch of hooey. Okay, it's not really a Greek word, but we're going to use, it's all Greek to me, right? You know, it, it's going to work. It doesn't make any sense. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, said it this way, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Well, pastor, as long as I'm a good person, then I'll be all right. No. See, good's not good enough. As long as I believe in something, I'm okay. As long as I give good thoughts, good vibes, it'll be okay. No. No. Well, God wouldn't send a good person to hell. You're right. But here's the deal. We're already headed that way. He gives us a way out. 
That's what we've got to understand. That's what we've got to wrap ourselves around. It's not that God sends people to hell. We're already headed to hell because of the life of sin that we've lived. Last week, you all admitted you mess up. And I'd venture to say if I was to poll you again, probably even more of you would raise your hand because you've had another week to practice. Right? Every one of us falls short. And now Luke says there's salvation in no one else. God has, has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And the name that he's talking about is the name of Jesus. And God loves you so much. That he sent Jesus to die on a cross to pay a price that we couldn't pay on our own. I can never be good enough by myself. You can never be good enough by yourself. But when we turn to Jesus, when we put our hope, when we put our trust, when we put our faith in Jesus, he reaches out in that moment and he picks us up and he says, you know what? I've got you. I I'm going to journey with you in the mountain time moments. I'm going to journey with you in the valley experiences. I'm going I'm to be with you when you celebrate. I'm going to be with you when you're in sorrow and you're mourning. I'm going to be with you in the good times. I'm going to be with you in the bad times. I'm going to be with you when everything lines up just right. I'm going to be with you when everybody is battling against you. Why? Because there's no other name. When we put our faith in Jesus... Everything changes. See, one of the key points that the author is pointing out here to the Hebrew Christians and really to us today is that having the what of Christianity doesn't automatically mean that we're going to do what pleases God. All day long, I can say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I can repeat it a thousand times, but until I grab a hold of the who of Christianity, all I have is a sticker on my shirt. All I have is a name over a door. All I have is a title that really means absolutely nothing. But when I place my faith in Jesus Christ, when I begin to lean upon him, he's the game changer in my life. I wonder today, are you willing to make the shift from the what of Christianity to the who and rely upon Jesus? There are six things that we're going to talk about today. I'm simply calling them descriptors of faith. Six things that I believe that God has called us to do to really engage that faith, to put the faith in action. Now, don't get me wrong, by doing these things doesn't make you more saved. There's nothing I can do to make me more saved. Jesus has already paid that price. But this is simply taking that, that faith and engaging it and beginning to move forward in the journey that Jesus has placed before me. So today, I want to talk about six descriptors of faith. Number one is this, and I'm going to challenge you. Take really good notes today. 
I know I say that almost every week, but I believe that today is going to be one of those. There's going to be one of these six that as we're processing through, you're going to go, you know what? That's me. That's what I've got to work on. That's what I've got to tune up just a little bit because I've, I've faltered a little bit in that area of faith. So number one is this. Faith is believing when I don't see it. Faith is believing when I don't see it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Faith shows the reality of what I hope for. It's the evidence of things I cannot see. Now as Missourians, Man, we cling to this idea of, just show me. We're the show me state, right? Just show it to me, and then I'll believe it. Honestly, for me, I'm a visual guy. If you want me to understand something, write it down, draw me a picture, somehow put it on paper, let me see it physically. Then I can wrap myself around it. But when it comes to my walk with Jesus, my faith has to be engaged before I can even see it with my eyes. Come on, look at this again. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. The the message paraphrase says it this way. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle of what we cannot see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. It's saying, Lord, I I don't see how this is going to work. Lord, I I don't see how all of this is going to fall into place. But Lord, today I, I put my trust in you. We sang a song as kids that said, he, put the, oh, he has the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. We went on to say, he's got the mamas and the papas, right? Some of you are like, I've never heard that song in my entire life. You didn't grow up in the Assemblies of God circle, did you? Man, we sang that. We went through every part of the family. He's got the brothers and the sisters in his hands, right? He's got all of us in his hands. And when I look at this, I realize that even though I can't see it, even though I can't wrap my brain around it, even though it really doesn't make sense to me, if I understand that God's got it all in his hands, suddenly there's a peace that settles in my spirit. And the Bible says that his peace is not like the world's peace. But that God's peace surpasses even that which I can comprehend. I can't understand his peace, but I know it's there because God loves me so much. He's concerned about everything that I experience, so he holds it all together. Faith is visualizing the future in advance. It's seeing the future in the present. It's a forward faith. Every great achievement began when somebody saw it in advance. I remember when Redbox first came out. I know that's old news because Redbox is basically out now. But when Redbox first came out, they were saying, McDonald's is going to rent DVDs. I looked at my wife and I said, how's that going to work? I want a Big Mac large fry and give me uh, this DVD. 
And I could not wrap my brain around that. But somebody sitting in an office someplace had a vision, a thought. They saw in advance. They had a forward-thinking faith, believing that this would take off. And guess what? It did. Every great achievement began by somebody seeing or believing before they could see. Therefore, faith is believing when I can't see. You have to see in advance. I challenge you today to dream God-sized dreams. Begin to trust God for the impossible. Listen carefully. It's not faith if it's easily obtained. Right? I don't have to have faith that my eyes are going to blink when they need to blink. It just happens. I don't have to have faith that if I take a drink of water, there's going to be water in here because I know that I poured water in there. That's not a big deal. That's an easy. But I wonder, how how big are your dreams? What, What are you trusting God for today? You see, the size of your dream determines the size of your God. Are you trusting the God of the impossible? The Bible says he can do far beyond whatever I can imagine. That nothing is impossible for him. But there are some people who say things like this. I'll believe it when I see it. And God says, no, 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 no. You've got it backwards. Sometimes you have to believe it in order to see it. You've got to believe it in order to see it. It's stepping out in faith into the realm of the unknown. Whether you are an architect planning to build a building, whether you're an Olympic athlete training to break a world record, whether you're a parent praying that your child returns to God, whatever it is, you've got to believe it before you'll see it. Each one of those requires faith. It was Warner von Braun, the father of the space age. He's the the builder of the Atlas rocket and the Saturn rockets that sent men to the moon. He once said it this way, there has never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accompanied by what? Faith. Nothing of great value, nothing significant has ever been achieved without also having this level of faith, believing it before you can see. You see, faith turns dreams into reality. The Bible says the very existence of who I am is determined by my faith in God. It's the foundation of everything that I do. Truth be told, if my faith is out of whack, my life is going to be out of whack. Come on, let me say that again. If my faith is out of whack, if my faith is just messed up, my life is going to be messed up. I'm going to challenge you today. Begin to believe before you even see. Descriptor number two is this. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. Have you ever had moments in your life that you just don't understand why something is happening? 
And it seems like when the bottom falls out of something, it truly falls out of everything, right? And it's just this spiral over and over, and you're like, can I not even get a break? Have you been there before? Absolutely, we all have. But faith is obeying even when I don't understand. Look what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says. It was by faith, come on, say faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as it is an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Come on, did you see that? It was by faith that Abraham was obedient to God even though he didn't know where he was going. Abraham is a classic example of obeying even though I don't understand. Grab a hold of this. He was 75 years old. God said, I want you to pick up everything. I want you to grab your entire family, all your belongings. I want you to pack it up, and I want you to go out on the greatest adventure of your life. How many of you that are 70 plus would love to pack up everything and go where you don't know where you're going? I had, actually had one hand this morning. Two hands. You're not 70 years old, Ben. <sighs> wow. Abraham says, where are we going? And it's as if God said, you've never heard of it. How long is it going to take for us to get here? And God says, you'll find out. How will I know when I get there? I'm going to tell you. That's faith. We talked about it earlier. Your faith is only as good as the object in which you place your faith. And Abraham was placing his faith in nothing less than God. He's saying, God, I trust you. Lord, I put my faith in you. I put my faith in your calling. God, I don't understand it. God, I can't wrap myself around it. But I believe right now you're going to lead me where I need to go. You're going to take me where I need to be. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says it this way. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. I talked about it a few weeks ago. How do we hear the voice of God? It requires that we take a moment to be still. To silence the noise. To silence the chaos. To separate ourselves from all that's going on around us. Just you and God in a moment saying, Lord, I take the time to listen to you. Perhaps he'll speak to you from his word. Perhaps he'll, he'll speak to you in your spirit. That still small voice that we read about often in the word of God. But if you'll listen carefully, God will lead you where you go. God will lead you that next step in your journey. There are going to be moments in your life that God speaks to you, and you don't have all the details. He is simply asking you, do you trust me? Even when you don't understand, do you trust me? Even though you don't have all the answers, do you trust me? Even though you don't know all the details, are you willing to take that next step of faith? You see, faith is really obeying 
when I don't understand it. See, if we always wait for the details to work out, there's a really good chance that we're going to miss the opportunity that God's placed before us. Come on, let me say that again. If we always wait for every detail to be lined up, there's a really good chance you're going to miss out on the opportunity that God has for you. People say, well, you know, if it's God's will, it's going to work out. Yes, as long as we follow. God's not going to force you into a situation that you're not willing to go into. There's going to be moments that he's going to say, you know what? You don't have the details, but I need you to take a step. But God, I don't know where that step's taking me. Neither did Abraham. So what do you do? You, you, you take a step. Okay, now God, what do I do? Take another step. Okay, God, now what do I do? Take another step. Okay, God, now what do I do? Take another step. And before you know it, you find yourself in a place that you never expected to go. And God says, this is where I wanted you all along. I have a plan and I have a purpose. Do you trust me? Our third descriptor is this. Faith is giving when I don't think I have it. Faith is giving when I, I don't think that I have it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, the author here is talking about Abel, Cain's brother, Cain and Abel, and he says this, by faith, Abel, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Isn't that interesting? Giving and faith go together. Look at that. By faith, Abel was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. Faith and giving go hand in hand. They work out together. God uses money to test our faithfulness. He sees the giving of the believer. Luke 16, 11 says this. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? There's a direct relationship between how I use the money that God has placed in my possession and, and how God can trust me with true riches. It's a matter of positioning myself fully moving toward the things of God. It influences how much God can and will bless my life. It's not just talking about money, but our abilities, our time, our talents, our family, anything and everything that he has placed in our possession, are we willing to put him first? Are we willing to trust him more than anything else? Faith is saying, I will. It's not excusing myself by saying, I can't. Faith is trusting God even in those moments when it seems impossible. But remember, the Bible clearly tells us with God, some things are possible. Is that what it says? No. no. With God, all things are possible. So faith is giving even when I don't think that I have it. Again, if I have it and I know that I have it, and I give it, is that faith? No. 
But faith is saying, Lord, I know that your word says that you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Lord, I'm going to step out in faith. God, I'm going to trust you in this moment. Look at description number four. Faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. Have you ever had moments that you haven't felt like persisting? You just wanted to to throw in the towel. You just wanted to to kick back in that lazy boy and, and... watch Netflix for a while. You just wanted to kind of chill out for a moment. You didn't want to move forward. You just wanted to be. Yeah, anybody? Yeah. But faith is persisting. Faith is moving forward. Faith is having that faith to to take that step even when I don't feel like it. It's like coming in and worshiping on a Sunday morning. Some of us have had those Sunday mornings. Maybe you're not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. Man, last night, middle of the night, I realized I'm going to need a coffee this morning. I'm not a big coffee guy, maybe three a week. That's a big week for me. Actually, this week I had four. Woo! It's a crazy week, crazy week. So this morning I was like, I'm going to know, I know that I'm going to need a coffee this morning. So, man, right off the bat I got here and I got my coffee going because I knew that I would need that, right? But faith is saying even in the midst of those moments when I'm tired, even in those moments when I come in and I'm, and I'm worn out, God, I'm going to have faith and I'm going to trust. I'm going to rely. I'm going to depend upon you. Look what it says in verse 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Oh, look at that. Well, it takes us back to number one, right? Faith is, is believing even though I don't see. And now it's, I'm persisting forward. I'm moving forward even when I don't feel like it. Why? Because I'm keeping my eyes on the one that is invisible, the one that I can't see. I'm remaining focused. I'm not going to give up. Get this. It's becoming better simply because God is right in the middle. It's moving forward because I know that God has a plan and a purpose. I would venture to say that there are many people accomplishing great things in this world, and there are days that they don't feel like doing it. I could imagine when Thomas Edison was inventing the light bulb, and I believe the history says that he failed a thousand times before he actually got the light bulb to work. Could you imagine about time 725, I'd be going, I'm done. You know, light bulb did not come on with any more ideas, right? It was just, it, it wasn't working. Nothing was happening. But yet he kept on persisting because he saw in advance, he had a forward faith, believing and trusting that it was going to work, that there was a way to accomplish the task. So even though he was tired, even though he was frustrated, even though he wanted to give up, he was persisting to move forward. Why? Because he believed that he could accomplish the task. I wonder... In your life, maybe you're at time 725 and you're tired. You don't understand why you keep facing that same struggle. You don't understand why you keep going in that same spiral direction. You don't understand what's happening. You're kind of stuck in Romans chapter 7. And by the way, if you don't know what that means, go back and read Romans 7. But don't stop there. Go into Romans chapter 8. Because the only way that you can move from Romans 7, where, where Paul says, 
I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I don't want to do those things, yet I do them anyway. And the things that I, I know that I should do, I don't do. And I do the things that I know that I shouldn't do. And I'm stuck in what a miserable, wretched person I am. He's stuck in that moment. But something moved him forward. Something helped him to progress forward when he realized the answer. Praise God. The answer is in Jesus. The answer is to place my faith in nothing less than Jesus. And it was in that moment that we see this progression, and now he goes into Romans chapter 8, and he says, Now, therefore, there's no condemnation to those that believe. He took that leap of faith, that, that step Forward. He began to see in advance what he could, he believed in advance what he couldn't see before. Where do you get this kind of persistence? Now notice that the persistence is in the last phrase of this scripture. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. What does that mean? That means he kept his focus upon God. Only as we see the invisible can we accomplish the impossible. Only when we set our focus and lock in on the goodness of God will we ever come to the place of accomplishing the impossible. The key is to focus in on God. Look at number five, descriptor number five. Faith is thanking before I receive it. It's thanking, it's having a heart of gratitude before I receive it. In verse 30 it says this, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Let me help you understand the story. Joshua was leading the children of Israel, and they came to the city of Jericho. Now, Jericho at that time was the most fortified city in the world, and God tells them, I want you to do something really crazy. For six days, I want you to march around once around the city of Jericho. Now, I want you to remain silent the whole time. Now, on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. The first six times, you're going to be quiet. Now, on that seventh time, you're going to begin to shout. You're going to begin to give God a praise, and the walls are going to come tumbling down. Does that make any sense to anybody? Many of you would have been like, what? How's that going to work? But it was by faith that Joshua led the children of Israel to follow the call of God and silently walk around the city. I can imagine day seven, round one, nothing happens. Time number two, Nothing happens. Three, four, five, six, still nothing happens. Yet they kept walking. Why? Because they were believing in advance that God was going to show up. They were trusting that God would be faithful. And then, time number seven, when they begin to shout, when they begin to blow the ram's horn, when they begin to give God praise, and the walls came tumbling down, the Bible says it was by faith the walls of Jericho fell after 
The people had marched around them for seven days. The key word is after. God says, if you'll just do what I've called you to do, you'll begin to see the miracle. It's thanking God in advance. It's praising God before you ever see the manifestation of the miracle that he's promised. Faith doesn't mean that you believe that God can do something. This is going to blow some of your minds. God can do it whether you believe it or not. God's ability to meet a need is not contingent upon you believing. God can do it. Faith doesn't mean that he will do something. That's hope. I, I hope that God will show up. No, 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 no. Faith is believing that he is doing it. That's faith. God, I believe that you're moving forward. God, I believe that you're going to meet the need. God, I believe, God, that you're going to show up in a time of need, in a situation that I'm going through. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four. 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I wonder today, what is it that you need from God? What is it that's brought you to this place of, of desperation? What is it that you're longing for God to meet in your life today? I would challenge you, begin to thank him. What we're talking about is aligning your faith with the heart of God. Saying, Lord, I trust you. But number six is probably the hardest. Faith is trusting even when I don't get it. That's hard. I'm reminded of the movie Facing the Giants. I don't know if you guys remember that. It came out several years ago, but there was a scene in there that I'll never forget. The coach's wife, they were trying to have children, and, and she goes to the doctor. The doctor says, you're not going to have kids. And you see this, this look in her eyes. She looks up to heaven and she says, she says this, I will trust you. I will trust you. See, faith is trusting even when I don't get it. Even when I don't get what I want. Verse 39 and 40 says this, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. You see, faith is developed in the valleys of our lives. When the situations look impossible, when the people seem hopeless, when the tide turns against us, when we're tempted to cry out, what's happening to me? Faith is trusting when I don't get it. What we have to understand is God's got something better in store. 
Yeah, we enjoy the presence of God on the mountaintop. But the reality is this, we get to know God in the valley. In those times of brokenness. In the times of loss. In the times of hurt. In the times of frustration. When the answer doesn't come that we're wanting, when things don't align the way that we think they need to align, if we'll begin to lean into God, I want you to know that God has a plan. He hasn't forgot about you. So my question would be this, where's your faith? What are you putting your trust in today? What are you leaning into today? As we look at these six descriptors, I would venture to say that there's at least one of those that every one of us can connect with today. And we realize, I haven't quite achieved that. So I'm going to give you all an action step. And our action step would be this. Allow your faith to become present and active in the journey. Allow your faith to become present and active. In, in other words, allow it to truly exist. Allow it to be engaged. Not just on a Sunday morning. But when you're facing that situation and you can't quite see it. When you're longing for that answer and you just don't understand how it's going to work. When things aren't lining up the way you want them to line up and you're not getting what you think you deserve, are you willing to trust God? I'm going to challenge you today. Allow your faith to be present and active. Would you pray with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.